golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love it late. I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, on a special edition of the Golf Insiders this evening, this beautiful Thursday evening, and the beginning of the Shriners Hospital for Children out in Las Vegas, where Nick Taylor from Canada shot a 63 to lead by two shots, Minus eight, followed by Orlando's very own Brian Gay, shooting 65. And uh, Phil Mickelson in the mix, also at six under. And uh, we've got a lot of golf to talk about in this half hour, this special edition of the Golf Insiders. And we're going to start off straight away with one of our favorites to bring us up to speed on everything going out at the Shriners, one of uh, my favorite tournaments Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel joining us on the phone. Hey, Todd. Hey, Holly. How are you? Awesome. Good to hear your voice. It's been a little while. Yeah, I had a little uh, downtime after the Tour Championship, but I'm I'm ramping back up now. <laughs> well deserved. Well deserved. Um, I guess to start off, I'm curious. You know, what your thoughts are as we are now into the fourth event of the 2019-2020 season and. Uh, what you've seen with some of these first-time winners coming out of the gates? Well, I, you know, it's interesting. You, you look at the very first tournament of the year, or the season, I should say, uh, in West Virginia, and Joaquin Neiman, I was there when he won the Latin America Amateur uh, in Chile, and he got his PGA Tour card just through sponsors' exemptions. Uh, so he finally validated all of the hype, uh, and it's a great relief for him. So now, you know, he's going back to the Masters, and obviously he's got his card for not only the rest of the season, but two more seasons after. Um, and, you know, other young players like Cameron Champ bouncing back uh, and winning last week emotionally. And, yeah. Big uh, you know, you see, you see these young stars. There's a great opportunity for these young players, not necessarily the established players who are taking some time off, uh, but these young players to really make an impact, uh, not only on their resume, but also in, in the game and, you know, gain some as I've said to you many times, the most precious commodity on the PGA Tour is confidence, and winning breeds that. So it's it's very impressive that these young players are getting a good footprint early in the season. Yeah, and a guy that I've been following um, from Columbia who won uh, at the Sanderson, Sebastian Munoz, who yeah. uh, I think now, what is it, his third year on tour? I remember um, he came out in his, uh, I, I guess it was in, at the um, Memorial, um, two years ago, and he actually led for three rounds. Um, he happened to be uh, working with a, a client of mine whose company was based in Columbia. 
And uh, so I've, I've been kind of watching him for a while, and it's great to see him break through. No kidding. Uh, and, and again, proof that you know, Joaquin, even winning in Chile, you know, player you just mentioned there, uh, you know, it, it crosses many lines. And Cameron Tam being a person of color as well, you know, I mean, I, it really diverse, it shows how the game is diversified worldwide. Absolutely, and how the spread of the the tour right um, a, across the globe has made really made a difference. Um, hey, big news! Lots of talk and chatter about Philly. Mick uh, maybe giving up a few of those uh, of his favorite treats and a few donuts, uh, going for a little healthier lifestyle. We've been watching him shed some weight here um, the last few months. He looks absolutely fantastic. What do you think, Todd? No, I think he looks great. And um, look, he had to, as he said at the Open, when he showed up 10 pounds lighter in like six days, um, that he had to do a hard reset. And I think, you know, that hard reset, we look at the visuals, and yes, it is his body, but also his mind. Um, since since playing and winning at the AT&T Pebble Beach, I mean, he just spiraled out of control. I mean, Let's see. Since winning, he has really done nothing. I've got some stats here. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned this. Uh, since he's played and won the AT&T Pebble Beach, he's had 17 starts. He's had only one top 20. He's had eight missed cuts. So nearly half the tournaments he's played since winning at Pebble, he's missed the cut. And he's scored a par over that time period, 44 over. So, wow. he, you know, again, he, he had to do something. He had to change something mentally and physically. Uh, and so he's doing that. And, yeah, he missed the cut last week at the Safeway. Shot at second round 69, though. It wasn't horrible. Um, and now he's off to a great start here this week. You know, if he – and, again, I guess it gets back to that confidence thing. If somebody needs confidence, it's him. Um, and if he can have a good week, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to win. But a top 10 in his second start of the PGA Tour season could be a good carryover into 2020. Absolutely. And I bet uh, this start – uh, today is uh, feels feels very good, uh, yeah. given uh, you know that he said his his game was you know just a touch off. It could have been um, right in there last week. Uh, another guy that I would say look out to the rest of the field for the 2019-2020 season. Brooks Kepka with a knee surgery. My gosh, he was a handful of swings away from a major sweep last year and. Who knew that he was suffering with a bad knee since March? Were you surprised? Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, top four finishes in all major championships. And he said, um, I believe right before the Open, he said that he doesn't really practice at home. He, he plays non-major events. That's where he practices on the golf course uh, that week. Um, but now he says uh, this week in Las Vegas that the reason he didn't really practice as much is because he had this knee issue. Um, so now he will be able to practice. So he has what many should uh, say should have been the PGA Tour Player of the Year season, uh, and he didn't really practice. So now he's entering a new season where he can practice. So you got to assume he's just going to get that much better. Uh, so, um, yeah, yes, he's – like I said before to you, I, I, I haven't seen a player since Tiger Woods that can talk talk and walk the walk like he does right now. Um, but now he has to battle expectations, both externally and internally, as the world's number one player and maybe the guy to be whenever he shows up. Yeah, absolutely. 
So we've got the Houston Open next week. Then the tour goes over to Asia. We've got the WGC at the end of October. And then the President's Cup coming in December. Um, you know, what are your thoughts as, as we get into the next few weeks? And do you think Tiger is going to pick himself for the President's Cup? Well, I'm interested to see how Tiger, I mean, you talk about knee issues. Tiger had a little minor knee procedure as well. Um, but he's going to play in the fall. He's going to be uh, in Japan playing at the Zozo Championship, which I will be at, by the way, uh, for that tournament. I'm interested to see how he plays because Tiger doesn't travel well internationally and play well as over the last couple of years. Um, so him going to Japan, I'm interested to see how he plays. I, I don't think he's really in a good spot to pick himself, to be honest. Um, I know that the this is my opinion. I know the PGA Tour would love for Tiger to pick himself. It would do great. Uh, for ratings. Yep. And so on. Uh, but here's an idea. You know, we were talking about this just a few moments ago about these young players. Well, why not pick a young player like a Morikawa or a Wolf or a Cameron Champ? Let them get their feet wet in international team competition uh, if, if they seem to be a star of the future. Um, maybe, maybe that's a route to think about, and I, I'm sure it's gone through Tiger's mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that would be a, a huge pick. So, uh, Todd, I know you've got Golf uh, Central coming up at eight o'clock tonight. I want to know who's your pick for uh, for the the Shriners on Sunday. Well, I don't I don't make the picks. I'm sitting beside the guy tonight, Brandon Chambly, who's going to make the picks. Ooh. I mean, he's the guy. Let, I'll let him. How about watching us at eight o'clock tonight? I like that. I like that. I like that. Pass pass that ball to Brandel. Uh, good right. good right. Uh, option there, my friend. All right, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. We appreciate your time as always. Thanks, Ollie. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, ninety six nine. The game. We'll be right back. For more than 35 years, Sam Sneed's Tavern is one of Orlando's favorite and most recommended restaurants in Central Florida. From light bites to some of the finest Angus beef, chicken, ribs, and fresh seafood, Sam Sneed's will surely satisfy your appetite. Sam Sneed's cozy, relaxed atmosphere is perfect for casual meetups or special occasions. Join them for lunch, dinner, or happy hour. They offer catering and private parties, too. Go to Facebook and Instagram and get hungry. Sam Sneed's Tavern. More than a meal. It's a legendary experience. Golf Central Magazine is the Southeast's oldest and most respected golf magazine covering turf, travel, philanthropy, and lifestyle. For 19 years, no other regional magazine has covered golf industry news, clubs, resorts, and real estate communities like Golf Central Magazine. Golf Central Magazine features golf industry leaders, associations, teaching professionals, and dedicated volunteers that are helping to grow the game. Find the latest product reviews, trends, and technology inside Golf Central Magazine. Go online and get the latest copy today. GolfCentralMag.com. GolfCentralMag.com. My Golf Spy named Tour Edge Exotics EXS driver the best value in their most wanted driver test for 2019. The new Tour Edge Exotics EXS driver, fairway, hybrid, and irons are pound for pound the best for performance, technology, innovation, and price. Get EXS ultra premium performance and innovation without the ultra premium prices. Visit touredge.com for tour news and demo exotics at your local PGA Superstore. Tour Edge Exotics, the best value for the best performance in golf. 
Golfers, the 2019 Central Florida Golf Card is better than ever. Play 12 primetime courses during golf's prime season. Now through May of 2020, just $99. Get yours at 2019centralfloridagolfcard.com. Play Kissimmee Bay, Rio Pinar, Remington, Sanctuary Ridge, and eight more prime courses with a cart for just $99. Quantities are limited. Get yours now at 2019centralfloridagolfcard.com. That's 2019centralfloridagolfcard.com. When the golf course architects carved out the fairways at Kissimmee Bay Country Club, they kept all the natural beauty intact. With its stunning cypress trees, majestic oaks, and intriguing water hazards, Golf Digest nominated Kissimmee Bay as one of America's best. Beautifully maintained with newly renovated greens, Kissimmee Bay will bring out your A-game every time you play. Kissimmee Bay, just 25 minutes from downtown Orlando. Book your tee time today, 407-348-4653. For more than 35 years, Sam Sneed's Tavern is one of Orlando's favorite and most recommended restaurants in Central Florida. From light bites to some of the finest Angus beef, chicken, ribs, and fresh seafood, Sam Sneed's will surely satisfy your appetite. Sam Sneed's cozy, relaxed atmosphere is perfect for casual meetups or special occasions. Join them for lunch, dinner, or happy hour. They offer catering and private parties, too. Go to Facebook and Instagram and get hungry. Sam Sneed's Tavern. More than a meal. It's a legendary experience. Have you checked our station website yet today? No? Well, what's the hold up, mister? It's the perfect way to get the latest sports news and opinion. Follow and share with your favorite hosts. Check it out now, 96.9thegame.com. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah. We're back the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 on this special edition Thursday evening as we begin the Shriners Hospital for Children open out in beautiful Las Vegas, the TPC at Summerlin. And currently leading is Nick Taylor from Canada, shooting a 63 Sitting uh, nicely at eight under par. And then we've got a four-way tie for second place. Orlando's very own Brian Gay, Sam Ryder, Phil Mickelson, and Brian Harmon all shooting 65 and are at uh, six under par. Actually, Brian Harmon still out on the course, has two more holes to play. So uh, that tournament looking like a great start for Phil Mickelson and... Adam Scott also having a pretty good day shooting 66, so uh, a great tournament ahead this week. Our uh, One of our favorite golf insiders we're going to bring in right now to talk about some other things going on in the golf world, uh, Gary Van Sickle from TheMorningRead.com joins us. Hey, Gary. I'm only one of your favorite. I'm, I'm not, not number one. I'm just, I'm just one of the posse. Well, today, Thursday, you're it, my friend. Okay, I'm number one. Yay. Um, hey, speaking of uh, number one, I want to know what you think about the Korean tour giving the boot to their number one money leader, Bio Kim, with a three-year ban for uh, hmm, uh, losing his temper and uh, flipping somebody the bird during a tournament. Uh- 
I tell you what, there'd be a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans who wouldn't be back and allowed back in the stadium in their lifetimes if that was in the U.S. You know, every culture is different, and we've gotten so crass and snarky in the U.S. and kind of lost a lot of class and manners that flipping off somebody, you know, you do it three times on your way to work. It doesn't mean it's meaningless here. It's lost its it's lost its heft or clout, but. You know, in societies like Japan and, uh, you know, in the East where manners are very held in high regard. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, a culture where if you look back at the the Japanese nuclear plant meltdown, I mean, uh, to save face, they kept lying and saying, no, it wasn't leaking, it wasn't leaking, it wasn't leaking, because they didn't want to, you know, offend people when, of course, it was leaking. So it's a different culture. I don't think we can relate to that anymore. We passed that that stage about 1933 so uh but i i think i think that's a good thing i think you know sergio garcia would be banned for life on the european tour for all the key, key markers and the greens as he's kicked absolutely so it's just different over there and i i applaud him for taking a, a big stand and i applaud biochem for not crying about it yeah um the official word was um that it had damaged the integrity of a golfer, the statement said. So, um, yep, like you said, they they take it very seriously. Etiquette, you know, it, it, etiquette violation and inappropriate yeah. behavior. The tour statement read. Well, I think it's safe to say that Donald Trump will never be president of Korea with some of the things he tweets. So, uh, he tells it. He, he's rough, and we're rough, and the Koreans are not rough. They're polite. Yeah. We should we should learn from them. All right. Speaking of uh, various breaking news, uh, new state law letting NCAA athletes strike endorsement deals has been signed by Governor Gavin Newsom of California. I uh, want to get your thoughts on that. Well, everyone's all up in arms because how is this going to affect college athletes and the NCAA? And NCAA hates it because now they're going to have to start taking care of the people who are making them billions, you know, College sports has been like a, a, a hit Hollywood show musical where it rakes in billions of dollars and they don't have to pay the actors for performing. So this is California is obviously passing this law to prod the NCAA into action. I think it's great. It's long overdue. But the, the, the other shoe is going to drop where what about what about college golf? And more importantly, what about amateur golf? You know, if a if a college football player is defined as a professional and is allowed to do advertisements and have an agent, are all college athletes professional? Certainly, golfers, college golfers who get money from their schools, will be a lot. Certainly, some of them are going to have agents. A lot of them did and never said anything in the past and got away with it. But uh, to me, this is going to cause a change in the rules of golf. Of what is an amateur? And I I've argued this for years to, with no success. Nobody wanted to hear it, but. To me, any college golfer who got a scholarship or any athlete who got a scholarship is not an amateur. You know, a college go- if there's a college golfer who, say, gets a full ride, you know, he's getting anywhere from 25000 to $40,000 in tuition and, and room and board. He's getting books. He's getting all his apparel for the golf team. He's getting a lot of his equipment, certainly getting golf balls. He gets a golf bag. He gets free travel. He gets thousands of dollars each year in free greens fees. Uh, what he makes a year is probably in excess of $50,000. And if he gets that for four years, he's raking in $200,000 and he's still an amateur. But 
I can't win a tournament and make $751 in, in pro shop credit or I lose my status. So there's been a big inequality in amateur golf, in my opinion, and this California law is going to force the NCAA to come kicking and screaming into the 21st century, and we'll see what kind of fallout. I mean, I don't think it's going to be interesting to see where this falls. The USGA doesn't want to take a stand yet because they don't know where this is going to end up because this is just one state. But other states are pushing for similar laws, and it's going to be interesting to see the fallout on this, but you may see, you know, college golfers may be out of the U.S. amateur in a few years. You know, they, you know, may just be old guys like me who can't break 80. Who knows? Well, it's it's called the Fair Pay to Play Act. Uh, college athletes can be compensated for the use of their name, image, and likeness. For example, signing a deal with a clothing company to promote, promote their gear, which will start in 2020, 2023 when the law takes effect. Um, I think this, you know, certainly will, uh, I think, help female athletes and perhaps other stars in less high-profile sports. It was interesting, um, a former UCLA gymnast um, was uh, discussed how she felt when a video of her floor routine went viral and was viewed by tens of millions. Here's, here's the fame, but, but then there's no compensation, and it's so crazy, uh, Caitlin Ashi said. People are, are like, oh, you must be so rich. And I'm like, you must not know the NCAA. Yeah, well, you know, Ed Banning won a lawsuit that was protracted over years because NCAA had a college basketball game, I think a video game, and they used these old players' names, or maybe it was an NBA game, I don't recall, but uh, I think it was college basketball. They used players' names in a basketball game, and uh, the players never signed a, a, a waiver allowing their names. They never got any comp- never got anything. I remember Steve Alford. Uh, almost getting suspended or maybe having to get suspended for a non-conference game because he posed for a calendar for a local uh, charity in a fundraising calendar in Bloomington, Illinois, when he was in college. And meanwhile, you turn the TV on and every commercial for college football is, you know, watch Dwayne Haskins and the Ohio State Buckeyes take on. So, you know, they use the players' names and their photos and their video all the time. Uh, CBS pays billions of dollars. They make billions of dollars. The NCAA makes billions of dollars. The athletes who put in, you know, really put in more time on their sport than they do go into class, and that's not an exaggeration, and they get nothing. Oh, they get an education. They don't have time to get an education, most of them, and most of them never do. Uh, to say that they're being paid is absurd. I haven't heard anybody come up with a good plan on how to pay pay them, other than maybe some kind of deferred medical insurance or uh, deferred insurance or deferred deferred medical costs for later in their lives. I don't think you can. I don't think giving a 19 year old kid a uh, hundred grand in cash every year is probably a good idea. But somebody's going to have to figure this system out, and the NCAA is going to have to face reality that all this money, uh, their gravy train is over. It's time to pay. It's time to pay the actors in the play. Well, it'll be interesting to see what um, the the rest of the how the rest of the states will follow suit with this. Certainly, uh, something to keep our eyes I on. Think, I think, yeah, I think there's already a bill in Pennsylvania that's very similar to the one in California. I'm in Pennsylvania, and that's already, you know, and you've already got people in the Big Ten saying, "Oh, this law is no good." It's like, hey, you can cry about it. It's already passed in California. It's a done deal. So you better figure out a way to adjust because it's happening state by state and the NCAA is going to have to to act and come up with something so they've never done anything in the best interest of the student athletes so I'm sure they won't this time either well um, 
Another interesting story I read today, and uh, I want to get your brief comments on this. Uh, your friend Joel Beale at uh, Golf Digest floating a wild theory that Royal Rory McIlroy may be defecting from Europe to play for the United States in the 2020 Ryder Cup. Huh? Yeah, you know, this is a function of uh, websites having to post new, X number of new stories every day, and you have outlets like Golf Digest or Golf Magazine or Sports Illustrated. They're not paying to send anybody to golf tournaments this time of year or really most of the year. So you have a bunch of staffers sitting at home in their office, and they're on the hook for coming up with four or six stories a day. And this is this might as well be like uh, – I don't, you remember the old Saturday Night Live sketch? I think it was a what-if show, start with Gilda Radner was the host, and each week they'd, they'd tackle a different question sent in by listeners. It would, one week would be, what if Napoleon had a B-52 bomber? Or <laughs> what if Spartacus had a Piper Cub? This is the same category. What if Roy McIlroy became a U.S. citizen and was somehow allowed to pay, play for the U.S.? Well, that's really likely because everybody in Europe would hate his guts. He'd never be able to set foot back in Ireland without getting in a bar fight. Uh, he, he would lose a lot of endorsement. I mean, it's just it's just preposterous to even suggest this. You know, you might as well say, well, what if Tiger Woods had it suck with Butch Harmon? Well, he didn't, and he's not going to go back, so forget about it. This is... This is a fantasy, and uh, it filled a news hole on a slow news day. But it really, um, it really shows a lack of awareness and on the part of a writer who came up with something like this. This is just this is nonsense. Uh, I I completely agree with you. And uh, although he seems to have had a few dust ups in the past with the European golf brass. Uh, we all know that uh, Rory is the chosen one in Europe, and um, you know uh, I don't think he's going to be giving up that uh, that that cape very soon. I, I don't think just getting a just getting an American citizenship would qualify him for the American Ryder Cup team either. I, I I don't think I don't think he can get that change at this point. But yeah, I don't know the rules. Maybe this maybe the writer looked that up, but it's. It's a moot point. It, it's not going to happen. So why are we wasting time talking about it? You know, why don't the why don't the Yankees trade for Lou Gehrig? Or, I mean, you know, it's not going to happen. Like, well, it's, it's just silly. Well, since we have 30 seconds left, I will digress to say the Buffalo Bills uh, did put on a pretty good show Sunday. I was there at the game, and uh, congratulations to your Steelers for finally winning one there, my friend. Well, I think Buffalo's got a chance to win that Eastern Division in the Canadian Football League, so I I hope they keep going well. All right. Thank you, Gary Van Sickle. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, a special edition. Catch us next Wednesday at 630. We love you. Bye-bye.